Hey guys, this is Arturo, and I just want to promote a project that I've been working on. And if you are interested in fantasy football, particularly daily fantasy football, I've helped create an app. It is called FRS Fantasy Sports. It could be found on Apple or Android. Uh, we do things a little bit differently than FanDuel and DraftKings. We pick the stats. You pick the player that you think is going to perform best in those stats. We definitely have some unusual stats. Who will kick the longest field goal? Who will have the longest catch? Who will have the longest rush? This is what makes the game kind of fun. If you know the game of football and you're interested, check it out. It's FRS Fantasy Sports. Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting Podcast with your hosts, Arturo and Anu. All right, guys, this is a different episode. We have a guest on today. Her name is Marie Nicola. Is that a, did I get that right? You did it perfectly. Okay. <laughs> and she is from the podcast Alt Pop Repeat, a popular podcast. Uh, you claim yourself to be kind of a pop culture historian. Yeah, it's like one of my favorite things to talk about. I've been talking about pop culture for a very, very long time. Not to date myself, but it's one of those things that I, I think is really, really interesting because pop culture isn't something that's created in a vacuum. It's something that develops over time. And I'm, I, I always felt that it never got a fair shake. People are always saying that it's less than, it's not as important as high culture being like classical culture. And really, truthfully, when you look into it, there's so many things that like connected to our lives, connect us to a deeper history. And especially for those of us who are living in North America, it's like our history starts in what the 1700s, the 1400s. So it doesn't go back that far, but with pop culture, it kind of gives us this like history that I think is really cool. So yeah, pop culture historian. Yeah. I find it for a profession. I'm a trainer at a gym. And so I deal with Dope. a lot of people in and out. And I always find it funny when there is something that they don't know that's going on pop culture wise, like just in the world, not even current events, but just recognizing certain people or places and stuff. And I always find it interesting how, like, for some people, they like kind of Jeopardy know it at all. And then some people are yep. very oblivious to it. Totally. Totally. And it's like, I'll, I'm the best person to have at a trivia night. Like, I, I know <laughs> weird facts about random things, and I'm happy to share it. And I'm really pumped to be able to talk to you about the history of MMA. So it's yes. not usually a subject that I get to pull out of my bag very often. Usually I'm talking about things like pumpkin spice lattes and where did <laughs> that come from? And, you know, um, what was it that I recently did? Oh, or like, my partner, she's very, she's like an, um, what do you call it? A ufologist. So she's really into aliens. Mm. And for a long time, we were doing a lot of shows. We were talking about aliens. And so she's of a very, like a more of a scientific background. And I'm like, no aliens and the, the fascination with the paranormal is a cultural thing. And mm. this is why. So we're kind of like, for the longest time, I'll talk about the strangest things, but MMA, I think is a really interesting topic just at large. So I'm pumped to be able to talk about with you guys. So quickly, though, do you believe in aliens? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is there evidence to suggest that um, the we don't know everything about the universe? Let me put it that way. We don't know everything about the universe. And I think that there's um, a lot that we don't know. And the other thing is, do we think that they're from other planets or maybe they're just time travelers? Maybe they're interdimensional beings. I don't know. But I mean, hey, if we're saying like 
it could be anything at this point. So yeah, I think like theoretically, I believe in the existence of life on other planets, whether or not it's kind of like intelligent life, like we have on earth. I, I, I don't know. I can't tell you that for sure, but you know, not as cute as me. So I'm okay with that. Uh, Anoop and I usually disagree. Anoop, Anoop believe, right. You, you believe. I know. I mean, I it's obvious. Oh, okay. there, you know. <laughs> there's, okay. there, there's aliens that are around. How, how else did we build the pyramids? You know, <laughs> do all these other co- cool things. So I want to believe. Know. Slavery. Yeah, I, wanna... I don't know. Maybe that's, that's one of the answers there. And, but it's true. Like there's so many things that are in our lives that we don't really have answers for. Um, but there's so many interesting, like paranormal um, sightings with aliens that we don't really have an explain. I mean, that's why the, the whole term UFO was created by the military in the first place is that to identify unidentified flying objects, which I now think it's called um, unidentified flying phenomenon. I don't know. They changed mm. yeah, the name they, they- of it. They did change the name of it. Do you believe in ghosts? This is the last paranormal question. (laughs) 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 I feel like I want to know. Yeah, why not? Of course. I want to believe that there's magic in this world. Yeah, sure. Cool. I I mean, mostly for my own future. Like if I die and I have the opportunity to haunt someone, hell yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to say no. (laughs) So, I mean, hey, there's all these things. I'm down for evidence. I'm down to go ghost hunting. I've had a lot of weird experiences in my life. Were they ghosts? I don't know. Was it drugs? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, me and Artie have a bet. The first one that dies gets to haunt the other. So (laughs) come back and ring this bell. So I know for sure ghosts are there. Mm. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. All right. So going to MMA, um, (laughs) what got you to notice MMA? When did you first hear about MMA? Oh, yeah. Dude, 1993, I think it was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. UFC one. We'll say like, let's talk about UFC in particular because it's so closely associated with MMA. And I know that it's not necessarily it, but um, I think the concept of like mixed styles of fighting um, definitely was probably UFC number one. Um, and then after that, I kind of discovered Mortal Kombat and video games because I was kind of, I didn't really play them before that. But then after that, I was a little bit more curious, um, about, as I said, just mixed style fighting. And I started playing video games like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. Um, so yeah, that was for me because I, I just remember was the guy's tooth got knocked out during the match. It was like mm. brutal. And uh, it was like a sumo wrestler. And anyway, regardless, yeah. I know one of the Gracies was fighting in it. And for me, it was really curious. And at the same time, it just seemed like it was about time. Like why, why weren't different styles of fighting coming together? And then as it evolved, I got back into it. Like whenever it started to adopt more of a formal structure and that's when we had the, the ultimate fighter and I started watching the ultimate fighter, which I think for a lot of people is kind of how they got into it. Yeah. Um, I want to say I'm like a diehard fan or anything. I have like a passing knowledge of it, but I just think that part of the reason why I found MMA interesting was, oh, actually, no, there's two reasons. Uh, once I, I, I slept with a fighter that made was number one, <laughs> made it very interesting to me. And then number two was, um, you kind of get what's happening. It's like, it's a little bit different than for me, I'm Canadian. Um, 
So like NFL and that whole phenomenon around football didn't really exist for me. But when I was looking at really popular sports, when I'm watching like some of these team sports, whether it's baseball, whether it's the NFL, whether it's football, it doesn't matter. If I'm watching it, I find it really hard to try and understand all the nuance and all the rules. Mm. And of course, there's nuances to MMA. But I think the one thing it has going for it is the fact that you kind of get what's happening. If someone gets knocked out, you know, the other person's going to win. You know, if they land a punch, you know that they land a hit you know that chances are they scored a point. So you can kind of grasp the concept a little bit more. Plus there's an artfulness about it. You know, the different styles of fighting that they have to access and no two fighters like, yeah, there is a standard three fighting styles, but there's some people who are coming in and they have um, different types of fighting styles or different fighting backgrounds, whether it's even like Krav Maga or whatever. And they bring that into their fighting style. They bring that knowledge in with them and you can see how it kind of translates And then again, like as it went on, like this fighting style continues to evolve. And what it does for sports in general is became intriguing again when they started introducing women as a part of the main headliners of the Mm. matches. So it's like, I think that for me, it wasn't just like a one-time thing. I just found myself falling into it periodically during its evolution. And I found it very curious. Did you find that when you first saw that, because I think a lot of people's first reactions to it, you know, no holds barred, was that it was crazy violent, but they couldn't. Anup and I often discuss this as like fighting is like a universal Mm -hmm. language. Everyone kind of understands that you're trying to cause harm to someone else. They're trying to cause harm to you. And like, it's simple. And so when the UFC first came out, because there was basically no rules, everyone understood this language. Yeah. So we often talk about like how sometimes too many rules may hurt the sport too little. You don't have a sport sometimes. So it's that right balance. Did you find when you first started, did you view it as a sport? I think I viewed it as a spectacle because I was still pretty much a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was it was definitely a spectacle. It was something to watch. It was like who who is the ultimate fighter who is going to win like you would think in your head okay well the sumo wrestler has definitely a weight advantage over here but then the brazilian jiu-jitsu clearly has some sort of skill and it's a fighting style that definitely favors smaller people to be able to subdue a larger opponent so it was really fascinating and i as i said i really saw it as a spectacle but what i really liked about it is that i was introduced to a plethora of fighting styles that I wouldn't have access to otherwise. Mm -hmm. So I think that really opened my eyes in terms of what was out there in the world of, of um, professional sports and professional fighting sports. Um, So in baseball, because you were relating to baseball and some of these other sports with like rules after baseball had their uh, strike in 1996, there was like a thing where they were trying to figure out how can we get more people to watch baseball again? They always had a commercial that was like, oh, chicks dig the long ball. Like it was about the home run. <laughs> okay, right? sorry. Is that that was the line? It was chicks yeah, dig was, the long ball? That, that, was, that uh, was exactly the line. Do you remember that line, Artie? I do remember that. Yeah, it was like chicks. It, it was everybody. I Look it up. That'll be some good. Uh, oh, trust me, I will. Because that I, I was. OK, we're not going to go and talk about that. Yeah. One, but we could <laughs> if you wanted to. When it comes to the fights, though, is there a certain style that you think lends credence to it becoming more popular? You know, is it like wrestling is boring to some people? Do you think like in the beginning, maybe the UFC was like a little bit 
sometimes difficult to understand with some of the jujitsu or, and like, you think it's going to get bigger with like knockouts. What do you enjoy watching? And what do you, what type of fighting do you think makes the UFC yeah. more popular or MMA? Okay. I well, I mean, just generally speaking, what was the one fighting style that really brought the UFC into everyone's consciousness? It was by far Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It was the Gracies. They did so much to try and, and legitimize a the sport. They were having their, their backyard fighting championships or, or their garage tra- championships back in the day in order to get people to come by and like join in. So they were very, under- they very much understood the power of PR. And I mean, like, for me, oh my gosh, was it like jujitsu? Jujitsu, I just think it's really fascinating because it really just like, from my perspective, it's like, oh, okay, well, I could potentially do that. And I, I could potentially learn some of these moves. Some of them, I'm just like, I, I will never be able to land a punch as hard as any of the guys fighting. I would never be able to throw some of the kicks that they do. Um, I would never be able to have some of the, like the strength, like this ground and pound style. Like I want to be able to do some of these things, but there's something about jujitsu that I feel like is accessible in a way that some other martial arts are not. And I think that's what I like about it because it really does even out that playing field to say that regardless of what your body structure is, regardless of your size, you could potentially not, I want to say protect yourself, but you potentially could take down somebody who's a lot bigger than you. But I do think like just in terms of the sport developing the early days, for sure, for sure, for sure, without a doubt, it was the Gracie's like they, they are the ones that really helped to bring it and put it on, on everybody's radars. And a lot of ways like UFC one was based on what they were doing just grassroots style on in California. So I think we kind of have to owe them like they have to get that acknowledgement. So you think that UFC's popularity also got a little bit more towards the mainstream. And this is later. This is definitely towards ultimate fighter days because boxing's popularity declined. Do do, do you think there's like an inverse relationship with that? Yes, I do. And I I think there's a okay. Well, boxing has been around for ever and like but also so has mma it just it it just never really and it was started like in ancient greece right so it was a sport that was in the one of the first olympics it was called pancration and it was mm-hmm. a fighting style of three forms of fighting style and it just kind of like evolved from there and then france had a style and england had a style like everybody had a version of this but for whatever reason it was boxing but boxing also was the sport that people were doing like underground it was a prize fighting thing it was really easy for people to have their fighters and go in and they just had to throw a punch so it was a very simple thing for the world to get behind and i really owe a lot of it to britain for the most part this is like anecdotal this is not like a factual thing or anything this is just me and my my waxing philosophical but i really think it has a lot to do with britain and how they were just colonizing the world and so they were kind of like just by function of colonization i think people just got into boxing because right. it was coming with them but <laughs> you know it's like what is the experience of boxing it's just like it starts and it stops and it starts and it stops and it starts and it stops. Um, and, and the, it goes on for so long. And it's and the thing about MMA is, is that it really is interesting to watch. And it also is diverse. And it also is, um, it's not as long <laughs> yeah. sitting and watching a boxing match. And I think that has a lot to do with that. Now, 
um, like boxing pretty much has had like stagnant growth. Like it hasn't really lost numbers per se. It just hasn't grown any on the other hand. I mean, in particular, the UFC, it continuously is kind of growing and, and it goes and like plateaus. So like has a popularity of plateaus and it grows and has another popularity spike and it goes off against like, and you can see that UFC one was a spectacle and it had a moment, it plateaued, um, fast forward quite a bit further and, you know, and, and, um, Dana white comes on board and we have like UFC and it goes through like this meteoric rise. And then we start seeing like those, those personalities that are driving in like Lesnar and you're seeing like, um, Shamrock and, and Rousey and Connor McGregor. Yes. Yeah. I was like the Irish guy, the Irish guy Mm -hmm. with the suits, but you can see like they have the personalities and they really are. They really rely on connecting with pop culture personalities that really mm. connect. And that's the thing that I think it's going for it. And I think that's what's going to keep driving it in the future is that it's constantly reinventing itself. Like the moment they started putting women on the bills, instead of having a UWFC, mm-hmm. a WUFC, sorry, I'll get in the right order. Um, like most other sports, they're like, okay, we'll have the women, they'll have their own league. We'll keep it very separate. We won't pay them as much money. We'll, we won't air them on television. We won't do any of that, but they didn't do that. I mean, they were like, okay, y'all are a part of this. You're in your own weight class. And it's just as legitimate as everybody else. And we're going to put it out there and we're going to have this conversation. And it, it's, it was such a modern, relevant and a bold move for a professional sports organization to do that because no one had done that before. Mm-hmm. And it really just showed at that time, the appeal between men and women and how women also love the sport so much, which I also really loved. I got into that. I was like, yeah, man. Fuck I, I, I never thought of it that way. That is a good point of just that. It's not a separate league. It's all together in terms of like pop culture. Like, obviously you enjoy watching these fights and you seem like the type of person that has a lot of friends if you had friends over and you put on the fights, would they enjoy watching it? Do you think a lot of them are like, what percentage are still like, why are you watching this? Cause I even have friends, like I'll put it on. They'll be like, I can't get into this, you know, like where they yeah. feel as though it's brutal. Well, it's like, it's a hard thing to get, you know, get people into because they have to get over that, that part in their brain that says this is like, was it Joe Biden or someone said, this is a human cockfight. Like they have to get over that. And there's so much conditioning where some people like don't really understand. They think it, as I said, it's like a spectacle. And then some people think it's similar to the WWE. They don't really take the time to really understand that this is a sport with its, and it has a really ancient history to it as well. And they don't take that into account and they just think it's, it's brutal. And yeah, of course, like, don't get me wrong. I'm never sitting into a ring with any of those fighters. I will never make it out alive, but I do appreciate watching their skill. And so whenever I put it on, I like, usually when I'm talking to my friends and if they're saying like, why do you, why are you curious about this? Why are you interested in it? Why are you even studying any of this? It really comes down to saying like, okay, well, this is a part of our ancestry. This is something that we made popular in North America, but where did it come from? It came from ancient Greece. That's where it started. Why did it take so long for it to become popular again? Mm. And that's kind of like the big question. And then we start having a completely different dialogue about it. And we start talking about sports. And then sometimes we'll get into conversations about like, again, like colonization, we'll have the conversation about boxing and it, 
it takes it into, it legitimizes it, I think. And I think it starts to validate the sport more than it just being quote unquote human cockfighting, because it's not that at all. I think it's much more sophisticated than that. And I think that it's really important to respect the roots of the sport as much as, you know, sitting there and just enjoying watching everybody's skill on display. But there was times like it's, it is hard to watch where I'm like, oh God, did that person just break their leg? Which I, after that, I found it very, very difficult to watch it. Uh, I took a break for a while and I just was hearing about it from friends. I was like, I, I just need a breather, guys. But Do you think its popularity hinges upon athletes becoming popular? Like, Do you think people need that type of connection to athletes to really... Do you think like a sport, maybe like mm. MMA, for example, or UFC in particular, did that on purpose, maybe make more rules, not so that's more accepted, but that so that fighters can last a little bit longer so that viewers can understand who these fighters are and then they can now relate to them. And then now all of a sudden they're kind of hooked. Do oh, you think absolutely. that might have been done purposely? Absolutely. And I also okay. think it has to do with legalization like they mm -hmm. because for the longest time, the sport was only. You could only, and again, like I talk about this a lot from UFC because from my perspective and when I'm studying it, they're kind of like, that is the association with MMA. And I absolutely understand that there's all, there's all sorts of different leagues that exist around the world. Um, but what they did was so important to really legitimizing Gavin's sport and everyone's attention. So when we're talking about pop culture, they really are the main main feature in pop culture. Um, but I do think that introducing more rules and regulations was important because if they didn't do that, then they wouldn't have the sign off to start having legalization in other countries in order to approve it as a sport. And I do believe that there's probably other things play that too. You know, I don't think boxing was really feeling yeah. great about <laughs> relinquishing some of that prize fighting money, those dollars that were coming in for their to share the stage and share Vegas with this hot up and coming fighting league, but you have to have those rules because the rules are the ones that are going to appease the policymakers and the policymakers are the ones that are going to sign off and say, okay, yeah, we can have MMA. Um, we can have fights taking place in our cities. And if you can have those fights in the cities, you got, you know, bums and seats and you get dollars in your, in your pocket. So I do mm -hmm. think that there is more of like a capitalistic reason behind it. Um, and I do think that it helps like no disrespect. I do think it helps like some of the older generation to accept it because mm. they're conditioned to think of it in a very different way. Whereas I think for all of us, like we grew up with it to a certain degree, like we grew up with, with games and we grew up with, um, yeah. And the UFC. So we think of it in a very different light and we see it in a different light, but I mean, for my parents and, you know other older generations, they don't, they think of it as just brutality should not be legalized. And then we can go through and have conversations about like, Hey, well, it's not guys chill. How close do you relate UFC or MMA to fighting? And do you think fighting itself is becoming somewhat more popularized? Because when I was younger, I used to like stuff like bum fights, which was like horrible. Like <laughs> So horrible. Yeah, but, but I remember that, that's, that. That's pop culture, unfortunately. But like stuff like yeah, that was man. always out. And like, I didn't even like watching Kimbo fight. Really, I was going to bring up yeah. Kimbo Slice because he was he was someone that got a huge popularity under no rules. Yeah. And and yeah. so but now sometimes like I'm on Reddit and like I follow all the street fighting pages and I'm just watching 
all these people fight. And I used to be like, I can't watch this. And now I'm like, I love it. <laughs> but I'm looking at it like, oh, what is their skill fighting? Like, I don't even think about their personalities anymore. And so now I'm wondering if I've become cold, you know, and I'm wondering <laughs> if the rest of society is also cold now, like watching these people get their ass kicked. Yeah. Like, have you been hardened by the, the system in a way? Like, I mean, I also train a little bit too, right? So we do jujitsu and stuff. And so sometimes I'm like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Or you should have backed up or that's your fault. Like you're an idiot. Like you're going to get your ass kicked where maybe 10 years ago, I would have felt bad a little bit. And I still do feel a little yeah. bit bad, but now I'm thinking like strategically, like, well, if you're going to say that you should be ready to block, you know, like it's more like the tactics of fighting as opposed to whether they're fighting or not. But also, I think in society, we're talking about, hey, not fighting. Like, let's do the right thing. Like, you know, like better or better yeah. angels or whatever. But I don't know. You're the popular art, uh, the pop historian. Do you think oh. fighting is becoming more like accepted? Yes. But also there's like there that is also an interesting cultural thing. So there is um, and this is not related, but related at the same time. So go with me on this journey. So um, I'm in Toronto and we, back in the day, we used to have a music channel called Much Music and people used to say it was like the Canadian version of MTV, which is great. The thing about Much Music that was interesting is that it, it was for the Canadian audience. And so it had a lot of, um, we had a lot of like global music, et cetera, but we always had two version of every video. There was the American version and then there was the European version. The American version tended to be more violent. It had less sex and it was more like you would have like more fighting. It was more not fighting per se, but you would have it was a bit more aggressive in nature. Um, but then the European version had less fighting in it and more sex, more romance. So I think that I'm the world kind of has a different view on on um, fighting, which has been really interesting to watch mm. as you see has kind of grown in popularity, where we're kind of starting to regulate as a global society on things that we think are popular. And it's kind of like evening out in this great little way. So I think that like, you know, in America, there was just a, a very different perception on fighting because it's, it's a culture that really takes pride in the military, really takes pride in its, its space in the world as being a defender of democracy and all these wonderful things. And, and that's a part of the psyche. I mean, even then it's like the thing that I think is interesting about the NFL is that it is warfare. You're taking a look at how you like it's your city versus another city. And one can, can only be victorious. Like this entire concept of team sports is really based upon ideas of fighting and going to war, but in a really fun way. Now we're on a, like a global level. And now we're taking a look at fighting and really trying to legitimize it in everybody's eyes and trying to really get behind it. So where it started being like, oh, this is really disgusting. We shouldn't expose our children to it anymore. Now it's more of a conversation of saying, oh, this is this is actually skilled. It's really interesting. Let's see how people do it. So I do think that it has like how our consciousness on a global level has changed. And it also has been pushed, I think, a lot by the UFC because it provides a huge amount of opportunity. It allows people to really train and specialize as artists. They really are mixed martial artists um, in different styles of fighting. It creates industry. So there's more gyms that are opening up, especially people who are professional fighters or 
there was, um, let's see, who was I talking to? Uh, I interviewed, he used to be a mixed martial artist and then he turned into an alien pundit, Jeremy Kenyon lion. He'll send me a text if he listens to this and I'll be <laughs> like, you fucked up my name again. Anyway, Jeremy Corbell, we'll just shorten his name. We'll take four names down to two, but Jeremy Corbell. And now he's like this, a huge alien producer. But his start was in mixed martial arts. And he was like, I was very much an artist. And when I couldn't fight anymore, I was able to coach. I was then able to open up gyms. I had created an entire business for myself that would never have existed had I not found the sport. And I think that is just something else. Like all these people have access to it, changing global attitudes against fighting and uh, like with fighting. Um, the exposure to mixed martial arts by way of UFC and the ultimate fighter in particular. Um, and also fighters that are leaving whenever they're retiring, going off opening gyms and starting to spread it. So kind of like is it, it grows exponentially mm-hmm. because of all these other components. So I, I was kind of meaning it from like a slightly different angle. Obviously we have all these great like martial artists that are bringing like beauty to it like it's like choreographed fighting and like obviously involves a lot of training i was looking at it more from like the ratchet example of like people fighting like that are just like obviously they're not trained but like kids in high school you know like there's this natural thing we love fighting and you compare yeah. it to sex and it's obvious right any song has sex in it every song that any six-year-old girl listens to that likes on z100 is sexualized and so I agree with what you're also saying with like European being more sexual. Like in the US, you can't show breasts on TV, but you can show people getting murdered. You know, like all the time it's like, oh, this person got stabbed. Like my kid could watch this, but you can't see a naked person. And so like, it's it's funny, but I'm like, all right, but with fighting, is that starting to change? Like, is it? Because every time I look at some of these videos too, it's like hundreds of thousands of views. And I'm like, fuck, are there a lot of people like me that are just scrolling, watching these like oh, deadbeats fight? A hundred percent. I think that we have to acknowledge the contributions of, um, you know, world star hip hop and the world. Of, yeah, that's a good world star. Yeah. Right. And what they've been, what they've done in sensationalizing just like just street fights, classic street fights, mm-hmm. things that we you'd only see. You're like at school, fight, fight, fight. And everybody would run. They want to see it. Like who's getting beat up? Like now we just, if, if anybody, there is no privacy anymore. If you go Uh on the street and you're having a fight, someone's going to break out a camera and they're going to film it. And if it's a good fight, you'll get your 15 minutes of fame online and away you go. And I think that, um, like there's also a lot, like we don't have a lot of tolerance anymore, just at large. So yeah, I think like I don't know necessarily if like UFC has has impacted like the grittier side of of just like, like fighting in general more so than just the access to the internet and having phones on us mm-hmm. um, and just our like look look what we've all been going through over the past couple of years I think our fuses are all pretty short right now and we just want to like go out and and live our lives and do our <laughs> our business but. Yeah, I do think that there's a few sites that have done, like you mentioned, bum fights was one. There's and- even like organizations now. I think as uh, just general fighting has been more accepted, you have uh, like mm-hmm. I know George Masvidal has his like bare knuckle MMA. There's also bare knuckle boxing is now a thing. Like these things are getting like unified rules and being accepted. And there's different places yeah. across the world that are having like different MMA rule sets. So it's kind of interesting, but we've definitely gotten 
a little so we were definitely going more and more and more rules to keep the fighter safer but now over the last like five years now you're seeing like like these subcategories getting more and more dangerous yeah and i'm like is there more appeal here have we gone too far with rules and that's why people still like that is there like a counterculture to like now this is mainstream so now people want to think like oh oh no this is more hardcore so this is cooler yeah did you yeah. did you see that uh viral videos that were going about like the car jujitsu oh what? yeah that's right it was like doing jujitsu in a car and like when i watched that i was is obviously in russia because they're like lunatics mm. there and then i'm like this is just like training people how to like i don't know just be like date rapists or something <laughs> like why, why are you fighting in yeah. a car you know what i mean like if you I haven't seen it, Marie, it's literally like someone sitting in the driver's seat, someone sitting in the passenger seat, and they're like, fight. That. I don't think that'll ever become big. I think it's just a circus. But the thing is, it becomes like fetishizing. So people are like, let's make more circus type things. Yeah. Well, look, we're we're humans and we're animals and we have a certain level of bloodlust to us. So, yeah, like we want it. Money is great. Rules to legitimize things and, and make profit great but at the same time like if there's an opportunity to see something a rubberneck a little bit like we're gonna do it what do we do yeah. like you drive past a car crash and the first thing you're gonna do is like oh what's up like what's happening over there like we we're not these perfect beautiful like angelic little beings we're not we never have been we'd love to throw people like back in the roman times let's throw the christians in with the lions and let's see what happens like we don't have this sense of always being peaceful so if there's going to be something that's going to pop up that's a little bit grittier a little bit more violent we're going to watch and the best thing is for everybody in the world right now is that we have access to as i said the internet you have you can post anything you want on youtube and you can share it you can produce and film and do all these things so yeah like i think it's i'm not thing it's not unexpected to me and i do think that like you're saying that there's going to be some subcultures that are going to pop up where some of these other fights are going to start becoming more popular and like niche fighting is going to pop up like bare knuckle boxing is not new but perhaps the attraction to it now is is kind of renewed because we're looking for something that you know it's a visceral experience when you're watching it you kind of get like that stress out you're watching i don't know you get so hyped when you're watching a match and then it's like i don't know how to describe it so I can see something that's a little bit more dirty <laughs> getting people's attentions for sure. Would you view MMA as kind of like a like a subculture of martial arts that became almost like more popular than martial arts itself? Or was it like MMA was like a counterculture to traditional martial arts? Like, how, how do you I, view that? I always look at it more of like a subculture of prize fighting. So it's okay. kind of like that's kind of how I view it. Cause I see it like it, it always existed. It was its own thing. It just didn't necessarily have, like, it wasn't really a counterculture movement, although my partner might disagree with me, but it wasn't necessarily a counterculture to things. It wasn't like we weren't changing things. We weren't fighting for things. We were, well, you know what I mean? Fight. It was a subculture of all these other things that were happening. So you had like boxing, you had wrestling. Those were like the two big things people are making money at. And then like UFC started to like sneak in and it became like a, a Vegas. It was a part of like the whole Vegas prize fighting circuit. Although technically like prize fighting is boxing, but you know what I mean? Like you're, you're fighting and you win a 
cash prize. So, <laughs> like, also, I just think it's ridiculous that boxing has like hold over the title of prize fighting, which is stupid. But, mm. but yeah, I think of it more of a subculture of of like main main event prize fighting okay. more than anything else. But I do think like some of these other niche things that are popping up, those are like you could say that those are more of like oh probably still another subculture but depending on like i'd have to like look more into it because there's like a fine line because like a subculture is obviously like it's like a branch so you have like your main culture and there's like the subversion of it there's a sub pop there's a subculture and then you have um countercultures or something that's is antithetical to what is happening in the mainstream so it would be like like in the fifties, everybody was so straight laced. And then you had the hippie movement in the sixties. And that was like, you know, free love. That is a counterculture movement. Hippie yeah. is a counterculture movement to what was happening in the fifties. So that's why I'm like, it's probably a subculture. Welcome to my world. <laughs> it's interesting. I, I do find it fascinating. Pop culture in general is fascinating, uh, especially yeah. in terms of like, when I find out like, oh, do you know who sings the song? And someone's like, no. And I'm like, that's Michael Jackson. You don't know who <laughs> Michael Jackson is? Like things like that, that like that happen. You're like, what world do you live in? Like, oh, it's not important. I'm like, it's incredibly important. It has history. It has, yeah, there's relation yeah. to this. So, and it's also like, there's also this really fun part. Like, we're talking about fighting, like, how did fighting get on everybody's consciousness? Cause at some point, like, fighting with like boxing in particular, like, yeah, people were, were watching it, but it wasn't necessarily like a, a super mainstream thing like there was people that were into it but it wasn't like and there was obviously there was heroes but it was never like a mainstream thing mm -hmm. but when we started seeing martial arts being introduced in film and television that started changing the way that people saw fighting they started seeing it in a different way they started seeing it more as entertainment mm. and i i think one of the first movies that had martial arts in it was james bond it was a James Bond film in like 1964. Am I going to say, was it Dr. No? Hmm. It was like one of the earlier James Bond films. And it was one of the first films that had martial arts in it. And that got it on people's radar. And then, of course, you're we're going a little bit later and Bruce Lee mm -hmm. in the 70s. And Bruce Lee completely popularized this whole concept of martial art films like he changed the way that we saw it and and that started to increase people going in and wanting to learn about karate and they're going in and they were learning martial arts and then again like we go into the 80s and what was happening during the 80s we had karate kid like there we had um film and television was really really important to like yes there's there is the history of it but there's also the cultural conditioning of it that we kind of mm. overlook sometimes because it isn't just like there are people that are contributing to it in major, major ways, but we can't overlook the fact that we as a population started to get used to looking at fighting and started and interacting with fighting by way of the entertainment that we we're watching. Right. So I familiar with catch wrestling. Okay. So catch wrestling is basically where professional wrestling comes from. So catch wrestlers was like the first form of uh, grappling with submission. Even It even predates jujitsu. I think it goes back to like the 1800s. I think it was born in England. And so it's basically just like circus performers basically being like, I'll make you say uncle. And they would just basically beat people up and get tough. But they, they were making a trade out of it, a martial art, if you want to call it. Yeah. And so 
catch wrestlers also say that like UFC was in cahoots with the Gracie family and that like they wanted to popularize Brazilian jiu-jitsu and not catch wrestling. That's why there's no catch wrestlers there. They do mm-hmm. this whole thing. But I find catch wrestling interesting because it eventually led to professional wrestling because the catch wrestlers were always getting hurt essentially. And so they started faking it and then it became entertaining, more entertaining, more sales. So, so, and now, now people always postulate when there's like a questionable decision, whether it be boxing or MMA, to like, did someone take a dive? Like, this is how professional wrestling was birthed. So, I always find it interesting because I do think a sport has to be entertaining above all else before they worry about the purity of their sport. And so, with catch wrestling, I find it interesting how basically, why weren't catch wrestlers found? before Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and would that have changed anything like okay well based upon what you're telling me mm-hmm. right now because like this is I'm learning something right now and mm-hmm. it's amazing and I love this so based on what I'm hearing is what why did like are you asking like why did like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or why did Jiu-Jitsu catch on and not catch wrestling yeah, even- no, um so I, I think that sometimes with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu like they're the way they chose everything was like, oh, let's pick the smallest of the Gracie family so it can really yeah. highlight the art to beat up the bigger guy. But is, in essence, did the UFC kind of coordinate things, not to make it fake like professional wrestling, mm-hmm. but they did orchestrate it a little bit. So does that ruin it? So you know Tank, I mean? Abbott, like, Tank Abbott said that. Tank Abbott wanted to go to the first one and he said they didn't let him because he right. had a wrestling background. I think they, they did just... curate him. I think they curated it a little bit. Why fully test, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. Like, had they not done that, would it have gained the popularity? Would like it's interesting to see. Like, I I don't know. I mean, why not? If if they were if they were hiding it or they're keeping it out for if they're keeping it out, then they're doing it for a reason. Mm -hmm. But I like jujitsu is like that's a really good question. I mean, unless they do it, yeah, Yeah, we'll never know that. Yeah, I don't uh, think I don't think it would have hurt anything because if they had a Sambo guy or a wrestling guy, it still would have been interesting to see the Sambo or the wrestling guy dominate and people would have started going to those gyms, too. But would it have been as popular if the guy was like Jack, like Hoist or like, oh, I'm like Hoist Gracie. People people watch it like, yo, I'm like this guy. He this guy can do it. Exactly. Yeah, I think you're answering your own question. I don't like I think think they played it. I think they played it smart (laughs) Mm -hmm. in how they did it. But then eventually it became uh, they couldn't hide from everything. I think I even heard a rumor once that Khabib's dad wanted to compete. You know, they didn't have any Sambo guys either. Mm. And so, like, that would have been like there's there's a lot of people that could have won that first one. But mm. the first one was won by the Gracies. And I think like Marie is saying, that was like the most fascinating. That was kind of like Bruce Lee, like this little guy fucking up big guys like that makes great TV. And it set up the next few perfectly. And then eventually it was like, okay, we're going to all learn from each other. I don't know. Are there any people that got so big on the sport? So obviously like Hoist Gracie was a huge one. Uh, You could talk about Conor Mm -hmm. McGregor being another one. But are there any other names in particular that you think helped to push it into the mainstream? Oh, yes. Brock Lesnar. Hamrock. Oh, yeah. Ken. Um, Like there is for sure. And again, you're going to have to fill in the blank on this one. Because for me, keep in mind, I'm it's usually it's my bedtime around now. So okay. <laughs> the fact that I'm I'm still like it's like pajamas on the bottom now, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
who was the first he won the first ultimate fighter uh, Forrest Griffin yes Forrest oh. Griffin like see there's there are a lot of people that are in it and their personalities and I do think that like in the legacy of the Gracies is finding the personalities finally sparkling little stars that you can dot within the media that people can connect with and that whole PR circuit around the UFC is why it it became what it it became they understood the power of of the court of public opinion they really understood there's like a whole concept around like blue collar sports and they really understood the power of appealing to the every man and really getting them in and getting behind the sports because if they come in like if they're the ones the first ones to adopt it that's a huge audience and then they can work on bringing in you know the the white collar people who are going to come in and invest the money because the money is going to be there. So they're really smart on how they put the whole, whole project together. But for sure, I mean, the entire of USC runs on names mm-hmm. that people can kind of get behind and they want those stars. They want them. They want them in the films. They want them in television. They want them to doing like the television show circuit. So sometimes it's like people that are not necessarily, you know, even some of the greatest fighters end up being some of the biggest personalities because they just, people can get behind them. They have mass appeal, but that is like what the sport does. Like they get, they get PR and Gracie's always got PR. They understood it because I mean, like even before there was, um, there was a, the, a gentleman who he was also American. I think he was in like in Boston and his name was Jim Arvent. Arvanitis, Arvanitis. And he was the one that was like, okay, we need to get like the Greek and it's called Pancration was the original um, MMA. He's like, let's get this going. Let's get it popping. Let's get this happening. People are going to love it. And he just couldn't do it. He couldn't get the people behind him. So whenever he, he, you know, his contributions to the world of MMA often are overlooked, but I mean, he was the one who was really working hard to get it on everyone's persona, like on their, um, in their perspective in the States. Mm. So you have the Gracie's, you got UFC, you have him doing his thing. And then you have also like the people that are seeing him, you know, do shit. Like that's like, you know, Dana White saw that was like, okay, let's formalize this UFC and turn it into something that people can get it behind and let's, let's do it. So it's like, it's, it takes a lot of PR know-how is what I'm going down to. So yes, there are a lot UFC runs on personalities and it runs and it, in PR. And it makes sense that uh, they were bought by William Morris Endeavor. So that's like the largest talent agency in the world. And so they know they yep. have stars, but the ironic part is knowing that they have these stars, why are they still so cheap into what they're paying them? Like, how are you going to pay Matthew McConaughey $23 million a movie <laughs> that any other asshole could also be in? You can replace him with George Clooney. You can replace him with Leonardo DiCaprio. I can name Baby. eight other actors. But you can't replace Francis Ngannou. You know what I mean? And so it's like, and, and you're only paying him 600000 where you're paying these other people 40 times more. But yeah. I'm with you. Like, they're, they're, these are the easiest action heroes to reproduce. Yeah. And it's and, great. Uh, they were bought by him. Yeah. Throw them in a Fast and Furious series and you got something great happening there. Like Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. You know, and there's so many things, and this is like potentially a really great segue. So, uh, gentleman who had won uh, UFC uh, Ultimate Fighter Nations, um, also, I think this was before he did this. 
So a friend of mine found this calendar with, with um, Elias Theodoru on the cover. And apparently it was like a male review. I won't say it was like similar to um, Chippendales, but it was called him. <laughs> and they, they did a book for, they did a calendar and there's like a spread with him in it. I'm like, I don't know. It's very like, I, I died. Someone gave this to me for my birthday this year. And I was like, why would you give this to me? And they're like, look, who's on the cover. And I was like, I don't know. Is that, is that Elias? <laughs> they're like, yeah. And I, I haven't even told him that I have this, um, <laughs> but I really, really want to post a picture of it. Oh yeah. He was Mr. July. That was his month. Where is it? It's hilarious. But I mean, like this, this is it. Oh mm. my God. Are you guys ready for this? powerful photo of like male <laughs> excellence oh wow there's like but that's like that's the thing like it's he it's you are yes you are a fighter and you're doing and he himself is doing really interesting things within the sport to try and make it more inclusive of of cannabis um cannabis approved athletes he he was the first to be able to use cannabis um and fight w- without penalty um but also it's like, okay, you're also, you can go out in the world and you can do all these other things and you can market yourself in all these other ways because you're obviously like a fine specimen of a human being. So <laughs> why not be in a calendar of him to 2015 calendar, <laughs> but that's what they want. They want personalities. They want, it has to be a mix. You have to have those like really great fighters. And then you have the people that you can throw in front of a camera um, not everyone is going to be like the catch all. So it's kind of like y'all have to work together. Um, but I mean, in terms of like paying us, that's kind of like the, that's everybody's pain. Like look at what Spotify is doing with our artists. They pay them like pennies, pennies per listens. They make no money. Um, it's always like these industries are built on the backs of, of the artists that are, are defining it. You know, mixed martial mm-hmm. arts is no different at all. Mm-hmm. So like go buy their merch. Like that's my number one. If I, if there's somebody that I love, whether it's like an artist, whether it's a singer, whether it's a fighter or anything, support them, like buy their merch, you know, like follow them on social media, retweet their shit, like whatever it is that they're doing, like support them and, you know, go for a workout at their gym, like whatever it is, but like get behind them, rally behind them and help them make the money that they'll, you know. The organizations are just not paying them. Have you trained, Marie? Have you ever thought about training? Oh my gosh. I have knees that dislocate, so I cannot train. But I would if I could. I would like that would be great. I always wanted to be a superhero. That sounds like an advantage that your knees could dislocate. Like (laughs) that means people can't like leg lock you. You should that that's an excuse. That sounds like an excuse, Marie. I do actually the worst thing. (laughs) The worst thing. I do actually know a man who does jujitsu. He's a brown belt and has no use of his legs. Really? <laughs> mm-hmm. I met him as a blue belt and he had use of his legs and he had an accident <laughs> really? and he lost them and he still kept training jujitsu. And yeah, now he's a brown belt. He gives seminars actually around the world because it's just marvelous that he can even do this. Yeah. That's What's his name? Awesome. Shout him out. His name is Mac. Super motivating though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it makes makes me question every time I even get like a little nick or injury. I'm like, no, I'm good enough to train. Yeah, there's something like I used to like a long time ago. I was doing um, Muay Thai Mm. and I loved it, but then I had to stop. But I it was all I can say is 
there is nothing more freeing than going and finding it's like mind, body, and soul you're dedicated because if you're training, you can't, it's different. Like if I go and do a workout at the gym, it's just like, okay, I can go run. I can slow down. But I feel like whenever I was doing my Muay Thai, the difference that I had was like my mind over matter. Whereas like, okay, go the distance. You can go harder. You can punch harder. You can fat punch, like go faster. You can, you just commit to it in a different way Mm. than just like going on a treadmill and running. So I think it's like a really beautiful, beautiful thing. I wish I could do more of it, but I cannot, but maybe one day, who knows? Yeah. Where are you guys too? Where are you located? I'm in San Diego. Woo. Yep. That's fun. My noob's from New York. Well, I'm originally from New York, but yeah, noob's in New York. That's awesome. Yeah, we're yeah. coastal. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to LA. I'm going to LA end of February for a press trip. So oh, nice. who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll come train with you in San Diego. If you happen to come on down to San Diego, for sure. It was like no. me and my crew of like random press people from Toronto. We're all hilarious yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> Artie will try to choke them off. <laughs> uh, there you go. I'm sure if you'll be into it, right? Why not? Uh, be a... Don't choke me, please. <laughs> or maybe yes. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, no, but it's like, I, I love this. I, I've learned so much from you guys. Like you, I had no idea about catch wrestling. I'm really excited. I already bookmarked it on my phone so I can nice. start reading up to it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like MMA in general is just one of those things that I think is just fascinating. Where did it go? Like it d- disappeared for so long and then just popped back like a supernova in the entire world and everybody's rallied around it. And it's kind of like we watched a sport, like how, which is also kind of crazy to think it is. in our lifetime, we watched a sport be born and we saw it grow in popularity all around the world. And like the shows like this, where you guys having conversations about it and, and really breaking it down, I think is a really, um, also an amazing thing because you are among the first to do that, which kind of, you have to like really appreciate that for what that is, mm, yeah. you know? So that is really cool. Yeah. Usually we ask our guests and people on if they could fight anybody who they'd want to fight. Like, like, does it have to be a fighter? Could I name? No, like... no, it's somebody that you could probably beat up. Somebody you don't like. Oh, Maybe it's like that <laughs> did well, you in the wrong fictitious in world, I could beat up anyone. Okay, but who would I want to be? No, in, a re- in the real world, anybody has anybody crossed you where you'd be like, you know what? Maybe I don't hate them, but I'd like to fight them. Or maybe use some of that Muay Thai training that you got. <laughs> Who would I want to fight? This is a really great question. <laughs> I'm a very friendly person. I get along with everyone. Oh, I'm trying to think of somebody like really great. Who annoys me? Who can I just not stand? Um, I think I think right now Kanye West is really annoying me. Mm, I would okay. take on Kanye. Nice. Yeah, he That's needs someone to hit him in the face. I think <laughs> a little bit. That's a good answer. Him. That's a good answer. He needs to know what that feels like. And what would you do? What do you think your technique would be? You think you you would try to use some of that Muay Thai or you think you would do the ground and pound? Um, (laughs) That would not happen. It would be like more like tip over and have a stitch in your side and cry. (laughs) Um, Oh, how would we do this? Okay. This is a bizarre, but 
really entertaining <laughs> line of thought that I'm having. Like, how would I want to initiate a fight with Kanye? Ooh, I definitely would like, I'd want to start with like a punch, but I really want to go and I want to get him in, like in the ear because I want it to like ring and really throw Ooh. him off guard, maybe make him feel like a little dizzy. Um, that's where I want to go. That's where I want to open. When he's shocked, then maybe what I would do, ooh, how this is this is definitely non-sanctioned moves. Number two is I I want to use his ears as handles and then probably drive his face into my knee. Ooh. <laughs> Again, non-sanctioned, uh, non-approved. So you're trying moves. to like ruin his career too. You want to like yeah. you want to like destroy his ability to hear his own beats and yeah. end him. All right, I like. The I don't want to like end him. I have a moment. I do have love for Kanye. I do love him, but just lately, <laughs> I I think he's being a bit of a dick lately, and I I think he needs to just chill the fuck out and you know get his shit together. But yeah, like I would if I was going to go in for a fight, I'd go in for gold. Why not? Let's see. This is this is old school street fighting. This is no holds barred. <laughs> this is this is going in. Bing yeah, bong. Right. <laughs> See these dogs? We're going hard. <laughs> right on, Marie. I can respect that. Uh, that's, that clip is like, if that that's going to haunt me at some point. Like, yes, <laughs> I really want to beat up Kanye. And I was like, you know, it was just a moment in time. I was just feeling it. I don't know. I had a bloodlust. I was watching Yellow Jackets. It was like, oh, it man. was time. Everyone keeps talking about this. I guess I got to get on it. Oh, yeah. Dude, Yellow Jackets is... Mm. It's crazy. You you think you know what's happening, and then you don't know what's happening at all. And I highly recommend not getting close to any of the characters, not necessarily because they die, but you, it's you just are never in a comfortable place. I mean, like mm. episode seven at this point, so it's right. crazy. But yeah. Yeah. it's crazy. Can't wait to find out what happens. All right. Well, thanks for know. being on, Marie. We appreciate you. Definitely check her out at Alt Pop Repeat. By all means. And if you're ever in San Diego or even New York in this instance. Right. Yeah, for sure. Hit us up. New York and San Diego. Of course. If you guys ever find yourselves in Toronto, hit me up. We'd love to show you around. Um, It's a great city. Oh, hey, fun idea. What do you think about this as an idea? Let's just throw this out there. Okay. Just getting your opinion on it. What happens? You know how there's like medieval times, like jousting and supper. Mm. It's like it's dinner theater, but it's like medieval dinner theater. There's like horses and people riding like in their jousting. And what happens if something like that existed, but it was kind of like, you know, in blood sport, they had the kumatai, but it was mm. just the kumatai. So you go in, you could eat like Chinese dumplings. You could have bets on fighters and in front of you would be like blood sport. It'd be like UFC one. There'd be, it would be like stage fighting. So I'm thinking more like dinner theater meets prize fighting for a fun, irreverent night themed around blood sports. <laughs> I would love it, but I'm also like, I'm probably a little crazy in that. Like I love, I mean, food, combat and gambling are probably like three of my favorite five things there in the world, but I also like professional wrestling. So like that speaks to me. I don't know. Yeah. I, I like all those things. I was thinking about this today. I was like this. I feel like this could be a thing because I was like getting ready for it. And I was like, what? I don't know why it just popped in my head as a random thought. I was like, really need to bring the Kumatai to life. Mm. And, and then I proceeded to bookmark Bloodsport to watch later again, because that's a fine film. Yes, it is. We reference that often. Okay. <laughs> so we'll make we'll make the Kumatai happen. There you go. Done. Okay, great. I'm sure we could rent out a pop-up shop or something and <laughs> yeah. get, get some people to throw down and 
yeah. get somebody to grill some burgers or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. make it happen. like I want it to be like total. It needs to look like in the movie. Like you go in, it has to be in a basement somewhere. There is like all these people around you and they're like, you've got, um, I want tickets in people's hands. You got to like be able to shake it in the air and like scream at people. And it's like, <laughs> I would like there's, that. Yeah. And then they bring like dumpling and beer and whatever else you want to do. And you just hang out and watch the Kumatai. It's great. Cheer on your fighter. Anyway, random thoughts for me. Anyway, <laughs> it was a pleasure. You guys are dope. I had so much fun talking with you and, and thanks so much for giving me a platform to talk about a little bit more of the history and just like waxing philosophical as to why MMA became popular. Right on. Yeah. Thank you so much, Murray. No problem. It's our pleasure. <laughs> Very cool. If people want to find you, where can they find you? You want to tell you them? You can find me online. You can find me on Instagram. My username is Karma Cake. It's spelled like good karma and delicious cake, K-A-R. M-A-C-A-K-E. Uh, you can also find me at Alt Pop Repeat, which is spelled A-L-T-P-O-P Repeat. If you don't know how to spell repeat, <laughs> I can help you out. <laughs> you can find me I, there. I like that you spelled Alt and Pop, which are much easier than repeat. You left the hard one for us, but whatever. That's I know. Look, look, <laughs> there has to be a challenge. Like if you want to find me, you have to put in the effort somewhere. You know, that's it. I'm with you. That's, yeah. It's a great name, Alt Pop Repeat. I did. Uh, yeah, I thought, that, I thought that was solid, and your website is nice, so everybody should check it out. It's definitely a good listen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have a great time doing it, and we talk to some really great celebrities along the way. There's their MMA episode with Elias Theodoru. Um, one of my personal favorite shows is obviously the hip hop uh, intro to hip hop show with DMC from Rum DMC. Although the cannabis episode with Tommy Chong also has a special part of my heart. But if anybody loves aliens and they love mixed martial arts, definitely check out our first episode with Jer- Jeremy Corbell and get into it, man. Like, that's it. That's right. all I got to say. Get into it. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks for joining us again. We'll catch you real soon, Marie. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great night. Yes, you too. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Okay, so uh, beyond this podcast, you guys know that I'm also a teacher. I teach about geography and environmental and economic issues are very important to me. And so I actually have a startup. It's uh, like an Uber for everything or an Airbnb for everything. So on Airbnb, you could rent out your house. Well, on Renta, you could rent out any good service or space. So if you have a wet vac or a pressure washer that you're not really using all the time, rent it out. Or if you are a jujitsu black belt and you offer private lessons, you could rent that out at any price. Or if you have gym space, you could rent that out. Or if you're a nutritionist on the side. The idea is I wanted to help freelancers make money and you keep 100% of everything that you ask for. And uh, the idea is to reduce consumption and keep money local. You could also look at it as uh, the next generation of Craigslist. And so if you like the podcast and you kind of trust me, I would love if you check out the app and download it. If I become rich, we could just keep making fight content all the time. So uh, give it a look. Renta, that's R-E-N-T-A-H dot com. Thanks for listening to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or if you would like to fight us, send us a DM on Instagram at philosophy underscore fighting.